Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a hastily arranged podcast to get a handle on the fact that it's finally happened. The epitome of, I'm sure he's a nice bloke, but has been harvested from the managerial field. Edie and John join me to discuss where next. John, last night was painful and it kind of felt like your old buddy Tom was going to be proved right. Hang on, you were going to be proved right. Yeah, I You're, called it last last podcast. I said it may well be that he's already be, going to be let go, and then we find out after the next game. Yeah, no, I I think they made the decision, didn't they, on the basis of of last night? That was the first half. Genuinely, I thought was our worst forty five minutes of the season, and that bar is extremely low. So the fact that you know we managed to limbo under it is ridiculous. <laughs> um, we were so disjointed. We. I mean, I've heard that we went to match Luton up and that's fine, but why should we ever be bothered that, you know, with with what Luton are employing in terms of a formation when we've got the individuals that we, that we have at the football club? It just screamed of panic. It screamed of this is, you know, kind of the, the last throw of the dice. And it was. And it was quite sad at the end. He kind of looked like a real beaten man, you know, giving some of the quotes to... Michael Bailey, and, and I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he said something along the lines of, this is your hardest time in, in um, your managerial career. And he kind of went, yep. And then is it the hardest time in the whole of your football career? And just candidly, yep. And you just felt, oh, God, that is a man that needed to be put out of his misery. And I didn't think the longer it went on today, um, the more I feared that we weren't going to do it. And Friday was going to be properly horrible um, if if Blackburn wasn't horrible enough. but we have it's the right move we move on um i just i don't want the club to panic and do something daft and get someone in who might not be the right fit because look we did that last time but at the same time this season is getting away from us isn't it so it you know it has to be i don't know more haste less speed whatever it is but it's it's really we shouldn't celebrate anyone losing their job especially this time of year but it's definitely the right outcome for for Norwich City Football Club well i prefaced the pod with it that you know he he's really more than most i think he benefited from uh, he's a nice bloke but um and you know I, I certainly felt the need to say that for every time we've asked for a change the issue with the with last night's performance, performance doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, um, was that it, the the players more than ever to me sound looked <clears throat> and had the air of a, a bunch of players who either don't understand the message, are tired of implementing the message, don't know what the message is. You know, they they really did look like a bunch of people who had just sort of turned up with their boots and shinies and asked for a game. Like there, there really didn't seem to be any kind of, um, you know, nicely tied together movement. And um, when the fact when the away fans who are obviously going to be, yeah, they tend to be a distilled, you know, they're the stock if you like. Um, this time of year, lots of people reducing down stock and making turkey soup and all the rest of it. You now they are the kind of purest of the pure. If they are too, you know, it sounded from the effects, Mike's, you know, we, we had some ACN correspondence there, but I wasn't personally there. From the effects, Mike's on Sky, it certainly sounded like it was seven out of 10 were singing quite loudly for the manager to go. There's nowhere to go, is there really, really, from that? I mean, he said in his press conference, you know, I've turned it around from here before. And you think, well, you haven't. <laughs> no manager has. Well, also, this, this, this sort of like, how, how are you going to turn it around? 
if every time you've said stuff, it's been like, so it's just like, it's, 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 it's just insane. How do you expect it? How do you expect to get people to stop singing songs um, that are not very complimentary about you when you then grab the mic and then just sort of, I don't know, cut, cut a diss track <laughs> on a weekly basis about how, you know, we should just, um, the how, I don't know, are fans magical? I, 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 if, I don't think fans, I think it's quite useful when fans do support and then that leads to potentially better results. But I don't think, like, they're not dementors. We can't sabotage <laughs> a whole a whole career arc. It's it's just the weirdest thing. It's like a CEO going, hi, everyone, we had a tough quarter, but you're all a bunch of lazy shits. And it's just, <laughs> it's just never going to work. And it's it's part and parcel of management to the point where it's in all those computer games. So even people that haven't done it for a living know this stuff. It's 101. So that's where I'm slightly puzzled. This is like clearly a man with such a profound lack of imagination that he has no idea what to do when um, people might be slightly critical of a lacklustre showing. I, that is the one one thing that I really wanted to, to to make sure we covered though, Edie, with regards to the whole it being fans' fault. My my massive concern is that this is being perceived by the people running the club, uh, like BK Eight. You know, is Weber viewing this as oh, we, we've now I've now lost more money from my transfer budget because I'm having to pay off a manager and find wages for another manager because of them blooming fans not accepting what we're we're putting out there. I wonder if it, you know, do you think, John, there's any chance that Weber's crossed that his his hands been forced by the fans? So Weber was quite clear, wasn't he, that it was a vocal minority on Twitter that piped up and then made sure that the BK8 deal was was quashed. I don't, you know, for any stretch of the imagination, think that that was true. And I think, you know, large swathes of our fan base, for very good reasons that we covered on this podcast, um, were wholesale against it. There's no way he can think that that's a vocal minority, not judging by the amount of supporters that turned, uh, you know, at home against Blackburn and the amount of supporters, as you've just said, that, that we heard on television. Um, but also... Look, we can slate Stuart Weber. We can talk about whether there's more of a pervasive culture at the football club, which, um, you know, means that there, you know, there's there's more introspection and they're ignoring the noise and and all of the rest of it. But we know, and we have spoken to him, and you know, lots of people have spoken to Stuart Weber. He knows football. He knows what's going on in front of his eyes, and he's got his coaching badges. He's got a UEFA Pro A license. I think you know this man knows how football works and what needs to happen and when it needs to happen. And the fact that people were almost saying, oh, well, you know, Weber not sacking Smith will be him flicking the Vs at the fans because, you know, this is almost his final hurrah, I just couldn't buy. And the reason I, I say that is because I think this is this is Stuart Weber's legacy. Like this is, again, you know, he, we kind of talked about the fact that he his legacy might be judged on the Dean Smith appointment. His legacy is definitely going to be judged on the next appointment because, if he gets this one wrong, it has to be the end of him at this football club. And it's the end of something really great that he built, you know, and, and Maddie McKenzie has written a 
absolutely brilliant piece that's gone live um on the long Norwich website probably about three hours three hours ago was it Edie? something like that you you popped it up um two hours ago cheers uh which talked about this and talked about the fact it's only been four years almost to the day since we you know there was that three nil comeback draw against nottingham forest and how we felt like anything was possible at that point and we were riding the crest of a wave and it was all about building the momentum and but actually we were all together and that's what the club needs to recognize now is fuck what's gone on in the past like it doesn't matter what i don't know we said you know on this podcast or archant said on the front page of their newspapers or i don't know any other journalists might have said about any other manager or sporting director at this football club they need us all in the same boat now. They need us all on the journey. They need us to be together with them. And I think they'll get that on Friday. I think they'll get that at Carrow Road because you always get that after a manager has gone. There's almost this sense of renewal, um, sense of, you know, maybe people might now renew their season ticket as well based off this. So I think, yeah, I think there is something worrying and it wasn't just Dean Smith, but I think that, Let's be frank, the whole brilliance of... Don't mention that name when we're, in, when we're looking for a manager. <laughs> no, that's definitely not on the bookies list. Let's not be frank. But, yeah, but the whole brilliance of that of what we did was faced, you know, kind of, you know, the figurehead for that was Daniel Farker and the charm offensive that he did with the fans and the media. And obviously there was a brand of football as well. But actually, we need to be talked to again now. We need just need to know what the plan is and you know i don't i genuinely don't care right if if Stuart weber came out and said do you know what we're going to be way more pragmatic because we think that can get us out of the championship with this squad and you might not like it as much but actually it's going to be much better and fit for purpose in the premier league i might not agree with that but i'll get on board with it and that they need to talk to us now they need to tell us what they're doing they need to tell us what they're thinking um, and I, I just hope that this is a watershed moment and they start doing that and they, they ditch this almost, I don't know. And like Dean Smith's culture possibly was, was part of it. Like this kind of lads, lads, lads culture. And I say this because Dean Smith had a nickname for everyone and, you know, I mean, shaky, AJ, Nacho, like he's just chucking them out. Every press conference was just this, this weird, like, oh, look, it's me and the boys against the world. That has to stop now, and we, and we need to get on with with doing the serious business of putting a football club together again. Well, I don't have any, I haven't got any problem with nicknames, uh, Punnylicious, but the um, e. two things that I would bring, I want to bring up that John's just said. Firstly, on the Weber side of things, to not make the change before the World Cup and then make it after two performances that are almost well, three three performances really. Um, that are almost identical straight after the World Cup and then be basically have your hand forced, that now, surely, from Weber's point of view, looks like a really bad miscalculation to have given, you know, to have not taken that time at your leisure. They, you know, they could have taken four weeks with, before even appointing someone and they still would have had a week with the lads before, the, you know, AJ and, you know, Nacho and all the other uh, nicknames. Um, so on the one side of things, personally, I think that that looks bad from 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 Weber's point of view um because almost he's almost had now had to admit when I was wrong I should have let him go earlier um and, and the second thing is do you think that what Ponce just said about um it doesn't matter if it's a more direct style of football if that's what we're told or if it's more agricultural and we'll come to candidates in a minute 
would we not, as the fans that have said your football is excrement, would we not be um, proving Dean right that actually it's just personal? He said in his press conference last night um, after the Luton game, you know, I can't help where I come from. I can't help my accent. It's like, no, I can't help what I look like. I can't help my accent. Like, I don't really remember anyone having an issue with your accent or what you look like. Like, you know, you know Farker hardly spoke with a, a pure Norfolk lilt. You know, I, I'm not sure that was ever sung from the terraces. He's a clearly made it and feel, and I totally get why you'd feel very personal if someone's singing your name and saying you're rubbish at your job. Um, but yeah, on, on that side of things, if, if, if we then are accepting of agricultural football, don't we then seem like, well, what were you complaining about with Smith? Well, do you not think it's a bit weird to come to Norfolk and accuse people of having a go at you for your accent and appearance? <laughs> like, no one in this county has a leg to stand on, and that's why we're so nice to each other. That's why I fail to sort of comprehend how he came up with that. I thought that but was a definitely... re- reveal magnifico, though, that, that he, he sort of said that yeah that, to me that was so clearly like oh wow you 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 are you are seeing this as it's you against norfolk and the people rather than you know no honestly mate you 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 genuinely seem lovely you just don't seem to fit your football doesn't fit i don't like what you're producing for the money i pay it's got i don't care i don't care if you speak purely in peruvian i think there i mean there's such a thing in a workplace as too much support which is, I think this is what's happened here in that he's had too much support in that he hasn't had any constructive criticism from his end, clearly. He's had a dearth of, like, of steering, seemingly. And I think what he has had is, don't worry, mate, they're all up, you know what they're like, they're all up against you, they're us against them, like, you know, the usual. But that's where this kind of zoning on personal details, I think, is just like that doesn't come from anywhere unless you've already been talked into a place where of victimhood. But it, it, I think because of said lack of imagination, um, Mr. Smith was saying the quiet bits out loud. Um, like he, I don't think, was suited for politics and the politics of the situation. Because um, I don't think he had the the wiles and the wit to actually translate what he was hearing into a public way of saying things, and I think it's it caused c- catastrophe. Um, you know, as as Maddie has pointed out in her article, it's really ridiculously unusual for any football manager to say the things that were said and come out of it seemingly with no repercussions. So. That's where it feels a little bit to me like there's a second game going on. We don't know what the game is. We don't know what the rules are. And we don't know what the goals are. But it, in terms of the timing of everything that's happened, I would not be surprised if there's all sorts of like, it's got to be something around the business side of things with obviously like our new American pals and things like that. I've no idea what is going on, but the weird timing just makes it feel like this is less to do with football than we'd like. Do you think there is uh, any chance coming on to runners and riders that we get an American coach or a coach that has been very successful in America? Or do you think it's too early and the stake currently owned is too small for that to be on the radar? I just, I don't think that would be anywhere near our radar, would it? And I think that everything that, 
we've read about the Atanasios thus far has has been that they will trust or they will put their trust in, much like Delia and Michael, they will put their trust in who they choose to run their football club to make the right decisions. And they may they may bring a a blending of strategies with, you know, kind of what the Milwaukee Brewers do. And but I think that will be much more around the commercial aspects of the football club and maybe some data insights and you know that kind of stuff. But I actually think they're gonna say, right, you know your football, go and pick your head coach and you know, we're not going to interfere in that. And I just hope, I mean, look, I said about it in the in the last podcast that the Dean Smith slash Frank Lampard slash whoever else it was that we were courting, you know, kind of for, for the last head coach appointment, that reeked of we now want to behave like a Crystal Palace or a Brighton or, you know, a Burnley before they were relegated or a Southampton. Or, you know, we, we want to act like a, a Premier League club that has serious aspirations of finishing 12th next season or whatever. And I think we need to stop acting like that, and we need to, can, we need to start acting like Norwich City Football Club again, and and actually appoint a manager who fits in with our ethos and our values, and what we want as a football club. Um, and that I don't know how many of the runners and riders fit into that. I have just looked at the bookie shortlist, maybe a couple that you know might just well, who, get who me slightly excited. Who am I missing from this list? Scott Parker, Hassan Hootl, Dyche, Robbins, Martin, Wilder, Gerard, Ishmael. Knutson. Knutson. I'm missing anyone else? Mm, I'm sure there will be lots. No, but I mean, am I missing any that you think could seriously be considered that we know of again, bearing in mind that it... Yeah. Did you say Mark Robbins? Yeah, I did, yeah. There's a huge possibility that it is an unknown. Yeah, I think this is a real huge possibility that it is an unknown. Yeah, yeah, of course. In coaching circles, hopefully you'd you'd think it's someone that has been on their radar for. Well, almost for me, almost the dream is uh, here is um, uh, Bobby Bobson. Um, Didn't want to go with a random name that didn't sound anglicised. Do you mean Dax and Bobnut? Dax and Bobnut, um, or Willie Wingnut. Um, and as soon as it's a point, and, and maybe they've been assistant coach, really, really successful uh, at Ajax or um, at Porto or whatever. And basically at the, at the point of it being announced, all of a sudden the football journalists that you follow for insight and, and are interested and you've always read interesting articles for start saying, oh, that's an interesting call. I didn't think he considered or, or she had considered being a, a head coach before, but oh, wow, coaching credentials are this, this, this. These players got better. The players that are now in the Premier League were all coached by this person, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that to me is the absolute perfect move and the sort of one that when we fell in love with Weber's The Webolution, um, that was the sort of pick that we thought we we're always going to get managers like this. This is what Weber does. He finds someone that is not on the radar of the masses, but comes with, a, a, and isn't proven, but comes with a good kind of rap sheet that would suggest, well, actually that really does make sense why that would work. That for me would make me the most excited. Once someone I've never heard of. And, and basically as soon as it happens, people I respect in football, um, uh, basically tell me this is why you're an idiot for not having heard of them. Um, so that's that's the one thing. I mean, some of those some of those names you you have to bear in mind the compensation side of things. You know, I just I can I personally cannot see us taking anyone who has got any compensation in their contract, and that's one of the reasons I suggested perhaps someone on the coaching staff who isn't currently a head coach. 
you know, because maybe there's a loophole there where they don't happen to have the same compensation factor in that that, that their coach does. Because I just like I, I can't I can't see looking at how broke we are and how much of a gamble it would be to to make up either make up twelve points or to gamble in the playoffs, which is obviously, you know, two bad refereeing decisions you can do nothing about away from you you know, however brilliant you are, however good the manager is, there's nothing you can do, you're out. That's the end of that. So I, I don't know. I um I, I can't I can't consider seriously any candidate that is currently in work. What what do just do you think that there is any chance, Edie, that there's money down the back of the sofa? Maybe that's something that Atanasio helps us out with. Uh, that's potentially a thing, but like I just think it's important this time around that um, I think what one of the reasons behind this whole debacle is that we're slightly the victim of somebody who feels like we were a compensation prize or a step down or that kind of wounded pride thing. I think we were basically subjected to some somebody's wounded pride for for quite some time. Um, it'd be nice to have someone with some aspiration and some hunger. Um, if there is money, then awesome. But like, what if there was bonuses to do with better performance as opposed to bonuses to that that reward t- showing up? I don't know. Well, bonus for showing up's a wage, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. Well, no. I mean, you know, like the whole Billy Gilmore thing. Like, just just the ridiculousness of mm. just wasting whatever was happening there because clearly there was some sort of if he doesn't get played X times, then it's X amount yeah, more. That, that, that's all coming out in yeah. a book or a podcast or an interview in a couple of years' time from someone, isn't it? I mean, that that, that you you just you cannot put the pieces together and make the jigsaw there with there is there's a couple of things that i either it's a business agreement a contractual thing there was something go you know new pictures of smith don't know whatever that's that's in your head now um uh, and another game there. another game happening that we don't know about yeah and, because and there's so much talk that has nothing to do with performance yeah you, Dean you, smith going oh how do i you know oh you know i'm doing all right i think i i believe that i'm good and it's like well yeah every week there are results that will let you know how well you're performing yeah. it's quite simple i mean I, you mentioned wounded pride there I actually think from a fan base point of view, to loop back to what uh, Punt said at the start of the conversation, I think some of the animosity from the fans is that wounded pride as well. We used, we I say we used to be like it went on for years. It was a three, three and a bit year sort of run with a, or maybe maybe you call it a four and a bit year run with about six months of, of, of misery. Um but for the huge majority of that, we were really proud of our team because we played football in a way that we knew that even you know, even those that hated us knew deep down oh, you'd love to be part of this. You would love to be bouncing on a Saturday like we are. You would love to play the football that we play. You would love to have the unsung heroes, the chip on the shoulder, team to root like that. That is what everything that's great about football. We're not doing it with loads of money. You know, we couldn't be knocked by anyone. You know, we hadn't spent our way to success or any of that stuff. It was what a fantastic project to be involved in. And I do think there is an element of we we, we now feel like also Rans where we've spent money and it hasn't done and it's any good. We've we've kind of left behind the um the characteristics and and part of me wishes that um that Farker hadn't abandoned his principles almost because you almost feel like I mean he would have been sacked if it didn't work either way if he didn't get the results in the Premier League 
But I just feel like from the point where he stopped playing Farkball, we've as a fan base have sort of that that's almost where the disconnect started. We're just like, well, hang on, you, you told us that we were always going to play the same way, and that was what we were bought into. And you told us whoever the coach was, we were going to play the same way. And now the coach the coach is the same and we've stopped playing that way. And now you've replaced us with another guy who keeps telling us that we're wrong and keeps telling us that actually we've got the most shots, we've had the most assists. And so what was key to the commentary last night was um, uh, your boy Mick McCarthy at the start of the game had, had I get the impression he might have seen one, maybe two Norwich games, maybe that he's covered. He clearly hasn't watched a lot of Norwich because he was reading. He sounded like a Dean Smith press conference. He was reading out our possession stats and was like, yeah, they seem pretty disgruntled and that's a bit harsh on Dean. And if not, something early doesn't happen for him, then they'll turn on Dean and poor old Dean, 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 Dean. We're mates, we're mates. Um, and then after about half an hour, he was going, God, Norwich are terrible, aren't they? <laughs> Why can't they string two passes together? What, you know, all they've had is that one shot, which was from miles and miles away. And then in the press conference afterwards, um, that, that that shot from Sarah, which he shouldn't really have taken on. And Pookie, by the way, was, was cross, cross and turned around and shouted at him for taking on such a long shot. Dean Smith read that out as, you know, a oh, you know, couple of great chances. we No, it wasn't. His, his, his kind of bigging up of distant shots on goal that don't trouble the goalkeeper are sit or very, very much are he is so cup half full over his team's output that to, to your point, Edie, it's unhelpful if no one else at the club is saying, Dean, mate, th- these chances are crap. Like, I, I, by all means, if you want to G up the players after a defeat, say that in there to say, no, come on, you created some stuff, boys. We weren't that far away, etc. If you need to say that, fine. But to publicly come out and make out like Norwich are effectively, he's saying we're one of the second, third best team in the league. We're really not. I and what he needs to be doing as well, I mean, you well, I say he needs to be doing, that's not a thing now, but <laughs> you just see in when he was going, oh, the abuse the lads are getting, oh, it's terrible, mm. and nobody said a word against them, it's all been to him. Mm. It just shows really that he's just sort of filtering what he's being told. Yeah. Well, I said this it's on the this, last podcast. My, he's applying it himself. Yeah, my biggest, my biggest concern with leaving it too long was that he he basically said what i've just said to the lads in there is talking about how you know it's us against them and they're getting they're getting pelters and no they're not i I appreciate that it could seem i think this is one of the points that mcdennis made that you know gibson might feel like they're getting on his back if he's passing back to gun but in the same game they were singing gun's name lots they sang gun's name loads last night um they sang Pokey's name after after the goal, and you know there was chance of USA at times. There was O'Neill's song. There's been loads of player encouragement. Um, you know, maybe we'd sing songs about Nunes if he was ever on the pitch. You know, maybe we'd sing songs about Campwell if he was ever on anywhere near the squad. I mean, the 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 guy has had so many opportunities to try and curry favour with the fans to go on national radio and say, "I know it's important, but I'm not Daniel." you've accepted that it's important. You then have had to reluctantly answer questions about it. Um, but you don't put the local boy in who's creative. You don't put Nunez in and say, you know, even, even if you don't rate the lad, you, you, you put him in cause you go, look, I'm trying to be more creative. 
you know, you you have a weird sort of three centre backs, three centre. There's not often you have three centre backs and three centre forwards in the same eleven at any point on a football. Well, pitch. that was my worry. Is that <laughs> for the last two games, the tactic has been just throw on as many forwards as as we can, and none of them but who really, tens. let's be fair, had any kind of creative element to them. Or you know, we're we're gonna play a slide rule pass, or or you know, say to Pookie, get on the shoulder because I'll find you. It was Ben Gibson that found Pookie. You know, kind of playing on the shoulder and cracking ball. Brilliant ball. Yeah, and and actually it's one of Ben Gibson's strengths, but he shouldn't have to step into midfield and do that. You're quite right. You know, why isn't, you know, why why aren't the likes of Marcelino Nunez or or Todd Cantwell in the team to do that? And I I think, and well, yes, and you know that I'm a a Dow fanboy. Todd, look, something's happening. Um, He's either out in January and this is just, you know, a holding pattern until that's the case, or he's done something again to suggest that his head's not in the right place because it's just it's just a whole other levels of weirdness that be in the right place during this yeah yeah i I get that but at the same time my my point is if you are a manager that the automatic compensation of of having your whole contract paid out that all managers have is is probably the reason todd campwell isn't in the team nunez isn't in the team because effectively, if you look at it like this, Smith goes, I don't want to get the sack because I like coaching football. It's probably his hobby as well as his, his his career. So he wants to keep the job as long as he can. But at the same time, he's not going to go against whatever the goodness principles he has um, and 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 basically throw, throw, throw us a bone in terms of give us a number 10 or two, give, give us, try and create some creativity. Um, and bring in a Campwell and whatever, or or if there has been a spat or whatever, and it isn't just that he's tired or whatever crap we've been given, then he hasn't managed to find a way of bringing Todd back into the fold. Um, because actually, if you get Todd playing, he he could win the league for us. In terms, I mean, he could be, and he hasn't got Emmy ceiling. I don't think in terms of technical ability. No, I don't think anyone would argue that. But again, we've said this time and time again in the Smith era, in both the Premier League and the Championship, which is particularly clear in the Championship, we have seen most of this squad rip this league apart. Um, and none of them have got... I mean, I would include Pookie in this. None of them have got older to the extent where you go, yeah, but he's 37 now. Do you know what I mean? Like, Pookie's game wasn't yeah. based on blistering pace. No one's got shorter. You know, no one no one can't control the ball anymore. They're not. It's not walking football. They haven't got. There's not a bell in the ball. They. They. It's the same players playing the same. Um. You know positions mostly. And so, where do you look? You can only look at the coaching staff. When that many players have regressed, it starts to look into application, which plays a huge enthusiasm and motivation has a huge connection with decision making. Because if you are motivated to follow through the message that's being given to you, you are more likely to make the decision that you think your superior forward slash line manager forward slash football coach wants you to do because you believe the outcomes will come. And too often you you see um, players making increased mistakes and those mistakes get reduced when there is a new message in that is actually bought into and believe. We need a, a motivational coach, a coach who clearly knows how to get a tune out of players. We also need someone who knows how to beat a low block. You know, th- th- if if they can't demonstrate that in an interview with the higher-ups, if they can't demonstrate, how will you progress the ball up the pitch? Um, you know, to Web- Weber presumably will ask football sorts of questions like this. Um, is that, that a thing that though? Is... Like, is that genuinely a thing that you think that these interviews happen and they ask questions like in normal job interviews? Because I've always just been of the assumption that people get headhunted and they can see a, a, a coach's style of football and it's just like, 
all right, I want you. Let's sit down and have a chat. Uh, but actually, okay, well, okay. So they might not answer the I question. Want. They might not answer the question and get. They might not have uh, Delia and Michael and Mark Atanasio in like a in like the dome. Yeah. Can you give me an example when? Like you, you know, I just, just can't imagine that getting asked a time in a job when you dealt with conflicting deadlines. <laughs> but, the, the, but the point is, like, I, I, I do think that, I mean, it may well be that that part of the interview, yes, is, is done on web or watching tape and can basically see, oh, okay, we've just played X team. We couldn't get through their press. Uh, let's see this same coach play that team if it was someone from the champion, like a Robbins or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, Martin or whatever. Uh, or Wilder to, to a certain degree. Well, Wilder's result is get get someone to run down the wing very fastly with it or just kick it. Um, I mean, he, he no, they, no, he's tactically. You're not giving him enough credit, mate. There, I don't talk think. Talk to talk talk to the fans of the of the club he was just at. It was. He no, was I talked to Sheffield United fans, and I think they were extremely complimentary about. I don't. His, well, they can't. Now. They can't string a sentence together, can they? We. Bellens, a lot of them. I'm sure anyway, all the Blades fans that listen to us will now be absolutely to to if, apoplectic. If I found out that one Blades fan listens to the podcast, I'd end it miserably. So, right, Edie. I would like a concise, succinct answer to the following question. I would like a guarantee, because as you know, we don't do predictions on this podcast. We only do guarantees. Please you guarantee who the next Norwich City manager is and when he or she or they will be appointed. I can't do that because I want it to be someone I've never heard of. Well, that's fine. I, would, <laughs> I, will, I will accept and, and never heard of, but you will need to give me some kind of background as to okay. why We haven't heard of them, of them because... Um... They're completely left field. Uh, they deal with uh, just complete and utter madness, but in a way that actually translates to a collective direction being assumed. Um, they are completely clear about what it is that they want to see and completely clear about indicating to their team how the team must go about delivering it. There is none of this simple man gets the benefit of the doubt nonsense anymore there must be proof and data however it's 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 creative and it's has imagination and it is probably just weird enough that's that's what we need and probably yet yeah, someone who english is not their first language and so okay, they can unite all of our players who don't have English as a first language in a kind of camaraderie of, you know, let's let's do some, let's jump off um, the edge of a swimming pool with an inflatable unicorn kind of bonding, which we know works out pretty well. Hang on, the more I listen to that, apart from the start and the end language. of it, I was thinking like Marcelo Bielsa, but I was thinking Bielsa as well, which we can't afford. No, um, no, we definitely can't afford his wages. But you know, all of the bits that you said in the middle, Edie, I was like, yeah, Bills would do that. Well, I was—I mean, I was just thinking, yeah, anything like that lends itself to uh, another set of uh, all the. Uh, I, I now can't think of a uh, two-syllable <laughs> country. What's the two-syllable thing that's the same as Germans? It's hard on the Austria? spot. Austria. Well, that's three, but it's the same as Germans. Or are you thinking Sweden? What do you want? Holland? They hate the Germans. Or, well, no, because you can't sing all the Hollands. You can't sing all, all the Belgians. The do you want all, all the Belgians? Yeah, I want a Belgian hey. coach. All the Belgians, so many Belgians. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking it's another That's your of... first. Your first go-to is song lyrics and meter. And merch. Is that what you're saying? Well, Have you well, listened just thinking... to Parsley before? <laughs> what, 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 I, why do you think I ask so many questions? I'm, try, I'm trying, <laughs> the, less, the less I speak, the, the, the more credence are. 
podcast does. Um, come on, Pond, what off, is your... Mate. You talk for half the podcast. We've got guarantees from 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 Edie. You know, you know, Edie's put the money where the mullin is. Come on, your turn. Um. Okay. There's what I would like, and then there's what I think might happen. Well, I guarantee. I think there might be a hybrid of the two that that we could settle on. So what I want is a left field pick. I think. Knutson is still left field enough and the fact that his football sounds like high press, high energy, which is look, we were told they were the players that we were recruiting this summer were, you know, were the ones to to deploy that particular um strategy. He might be someone who we could get in relatively cheaply because look, let's be honest, he's at a Norwegian club. His, you know, that his contract shouldn't be as such that it, he's on massive wages. So I think he's gettable. I why is he think... not left already? If he's so brilliant and his name comes up, what, why has someone else not gone and got him? He's been touted. Maybe he's for... happy where he is. Yeah. So there was. So I think maybe he just loves life. There might be a bit of he... that. Okay. Okay. Fine. So why does he? Why is he going to come then if he's so happy? Because Alex Tetty's going to have a word with him and tell him how brilliant Norwich is. You know, as his, as his compatriot, he's just going to say, "Look, Kitchell." I think that's how you say his first name. That's the one. I don't think that will happen. So if you're looking for guarantees. Um, I think the hybrid of that, and this would be this would potentially have been my second choice, would be it would still fit into the Weber mould of, oh, let's let's kind of act like we're a Premier League football club, and that would be Harsen Hootel. Um, purely because one, I think his teams always look like they have a plan, but two, his teams tend to go on runs. So they're they're really sketchy in terms of like maybe losing six in a row and then winning like nine in a row. We need a really good run now to get us out of this shite. So I, I think I, he's I, someone who... I don't know who, if I agree. Teams always look like they've got a plan. I think they do under Hasenhutl. I think having... I mean, I'm just, again, and I haven't really focused on... I haven't really focused on, on that because I haven't been thinking that we might get a Ralph team anytime soon. But I've always had the impression with his Southampton kind of uh, era was because of the streaky element of it that... If things go well, they win. If things don't go, that's what I mean. I, I, I can't, I couldn't describe to you Hassan Hoople football in the same way that I could describe to you Graham Potter. I could, do you see what I mean? Like there are, there are, yeah, coaches. it isn't largely possession based, you know, there's, but there's quite a lot of energy and thought behind it, I think. Uh, and that's where I think it might, it might chime with Norwich. And actually, he's worked with a director of football and, and that seems to have, you know, up until and, and he, and you know, it worked right? well enough for a period of seasons. I think that that's the thing is like, he, he has enough of a body of work to go, all right, he could be worth a punt. And he might, he might be available from a, actually, I want to get back to football very quickly. Yeah. I mean, he's had, and he's a, had enough he's had, of yeah. a break. I should, yeah. you know, he's so. had longer than a week. <clears throat> do, you, <laughs> do you though think there is room and oxygen enough for everything we've spoken about? In current circumstances, though, do you genuinely think like someone else could come in and do a good job, or do you think like I'm I'm really genuinely worried that like what we're actually seeing is a whole organisation that is very very bad at, at at periods of losing to the point where it just goes into a death spiral. Well, there does seem to be um, look, we're friends with people who create content. Uh, professionally not like this are we not not like this nonsense okay we, he says we like because he knows all the important people no <clears throat> i was referring to you punt um <laughs> and i having some people tell us things that are along the lines of the way the club is dealing with uh them 
allude to this it's more than just that i wrote this one thing or i said that one thing on the podcast if you see what i mean or i said this one thing in my article or i put this one thing on the front of my paper you know we've had you know we've had connor a couple of times recently <clears throat> talk about the fact that they have tried to move forward <clears throat> excuse me they've tried to move forward they've tried to um, organize um you know a thawing and all the rest of it and it doesn't necessarily seem like that 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 is the only problem that like to, to your point, Edie, things seem to run a bit deeper in terms of problems. And there seems to be in some of the articles around there being a wider problem at the football club. And I think Weber will hate to hear that. And and part of that, again, is, is just the fact we haven't really heard much about the off the field direction as much as we have in, in recent four or five years. Like the Atanasio thing, there was there was some stuff around that. Um but, but that's again, what I mean. So that's what I'm again, trying to say, so, Tom, about so soft, communicating soft a plan. Yeah, it was, if they no, come out and they about... communicate, and I, I don't necessarily want to watch shite football. Like I, I think I'll clarify my comments. I want to watch effective football, and I'm talking more like you know Paul Lambert days, where we could go front to back quite quickly, and we could be more direct. But actually, we could still pass the ball, and we had technicians in, in our team. And you know, we were largely similar under Alex Neal, weren't we? We played some really good football, but you know, we could do the the nasty stuff and, and we could, you know, battle it out with any team. I just, but what I want is for someone from the football club to front up and just say, this is the current trajectory. This is the current plan. This is what you can expect in the next two seasons, 18 months, five years, whatever it might be. We've had none of it for some time. And you can, you can do choreographed YouTube videos, which generally land quite badly anyway. But I mean, fuck me, like where, where is the scrutiny? That, that's, we need proper journalists and we need, you know, and, and that can include fan media. It doesn't have to, in, you know, include professional media outlets, but we need proper scrutiny on the people that are coming out and are making noises about what's going to happen because it doesn't feel like they're talking to fans in, a, in an educated way with, where their message is going to land in the way that they feel they think that it might land. Looking at the runners and riders from a betting point of view, there are very few that would would really get me excited. So the shortest odds is Scott Parker. I can't see that he would want to to take the job um, because I don't think un- unless unless there is some American investment around the corner in January that they're keeping quiet, and maybe that's why they thought they could keep keep limping on till January. Because don't worry, Dean, you're going to get some new players in January, kind of thing. Um, unless he was told that, I can't see him come in. Um, you know, you then got Russ, who I I think with the way that the, the toxic atmosphere between players and between fans and 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 the, the staff at the moment now is not the time that I think would be sensible for someone who there is still a section of the fan base that that are across with a couple of back passers because they're idiots. Um, Sean Dyche, um, I, I can't, I just can't, I can't sign up for Sean Dyche. I completely accept that Sean Dyche might get Norwich promoted. I completely accept that Sean Deitch might keep Norwich up once. No thanks. I mean, I might fall for the wins and the, and the, like you say, the effective football, and maybe I can grow to love that. And I'll do my best if he is appointed. But my goodness me, that's, that's a that's a hell of a change. And again, you'd have to go back to Weber and say, "Sorry, we, we're going to what? We're going to have the same style of football, whoever the coach is." And you brought Deitch. You know, within one manager change, we're now to Deitch. 
And that that's why they have to communicate. There's been a rip up of the of the rule book because there has, hasn't there? Farker ditched his plan, and then they brought in Smith, who was you know way more pragmatic than Pete Farker. There's definitely been a ripping up of of what the strategy is. They just haven't told us, and you know that they either don't know what it is anymore and they're floundering, which is highly possible, or they're just not choosing not to tell us. And neither of those things are are, are any good to anyone. How would you feel about? Robbins, um, Edie, because I think it would be different for him because so the, the, he's eight to one at the moment. You think about so he's only he's like fourth or fifth fifth favorite at the moment. Yeah, fourth four favorite at the moment. Um, you would think from a compensation point of view, you might be able to um, get him because Coventry's in such a sorry state off the field. Um, so maybe they haven't checked the contract properly, uh, and also um, I wonder if. I wonder if the fact that he's not he's not had the resources before that he would have with Norwich, maybe he would be able to kick on another gear. So that's why he might be really willing to, to come. Can I just say one thing about Mark Robbins? And I can't remember if I've said it on this podcast before. But my favourite fact about Mark Robbins is he gave an interview to, when he was playing for Norwich, he gave an interview to Shoot Magazine, for those of you that will remember <laughs> Shoot Magazine back in the day. And in it, he was asked... So, he was asked, who is your hero? And he answered it with John Major. Now, that either says that he's a massive Tory and very weird that his hero is the, the current prime minister or that he's an absolute evil genius and he was trying to freak out a number of 12-year-old boys who bought Shoot magazine. So, I don't know, you know, like I, I might have issues with either. Sorry, Edie, I'll throw, throw to you now and you can tell me what you think of Mark Robbins. Well, I don't think we should have. I think we are run by a bunch of people who are cannot take their eyes off their peers and their colleagues and the the wider network of British football. I just don't think anyone should come from British football or Scottish football or Welsh football. Well, well, well British, but you know what I mean. It's like it's the thief. A comparison is the thief of joy, and there has to be an end to comparison. It's like they've got to do the equivalent of deleting their Instagram apps so that their mental health can recover. Like it's, it's, it, I don't want there to be any more of this kind of, Oh, but you did this here and you did that there. And you, you've not had a particularly good season at Coventry. And then, and then but are you going to have a season here? That's, you know, I don't want to actually have any mirrors other than mirrors held up to, the town of Norwich to focus on, well, the city of Norwich, but you know, the, the, it, it needs to, there needs to be a focus on us rather than constantly staring at other clubs and looking at what they do and how they do it and why it's okay that we can do it if so-and-so does it. Mm. And it's, it's, it just doesn't feel confident or creative. It just, it just feels like it just, almost like a kind of haunted club, haunted by hundreds of other football professionals. So this is why I'm just absolutely fixated on somebody coming in from outside that world who can just basically start with a blank slate. That's a good point. Do things the way they want to do it and stop making comparisons. That, that is, that's a really good point. It's, because it's crippled us. If it, the <clears throat> Daesh is going to come with a 
they hated my previous set of football. I'm going to have to try and get my lads to play something, either win really quickly and effectively quickly, otherwise they're going to be on me for the start of play straight away. Um, likewise, Parker's going to come with people who have got problems with how bad Bournemouth were at times in the Premier League, so he's going to have to get over the, yeah, well, you've just come down again. Robbins, you never had a, a budget this size and a, you know you gave an article to Shoot Magazine, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, Gareth Ainsworth, you know, he's the sort of person who eventually you think someone like he'll get a chance at a slightly bigger club than than Wickham. But I I feel like it's, uh, again, that's a more extreme version of the Robbins thing. And he's he's never had money to spend, really. You know, he's he's never dealt with the big or medium boys. Um, So will his tactics work in that way? So I think almost from how toxic it's got, the distrust that has built up now, the lack of communication that's built up now, I'm with you that the more left field it is, the the the, the most vehement critics, well, not the really stupid ones, but um, the most vehement critics will have to kind of go, oh, okay, well, I don't know anything about this person, so I can't, I, I haven't got a, a kind of pithy tweet I can fire off about where they failed because I don't... <laughs> I need to get on Wikipedia first. And <clears throat> that might really help reboot kind of fuzzy logic, turn it off and turn it on again, the manager and fans relationship. Because if there's any former relationship that already lingers there, there might be, you know, for example, Wilder, maybe 10, 15, 20% of the fan base are going to be anti him before he even gets the ball kicked. You know, the, the sort of Pulisic, Daishi style of football are, are all going to have people's backs up before they've started. Now, that's not necessarily fair, but if we haven't got anything to call upon as experience, then maybe we can dream that things are going to be better. Um, so what's your what's your final thoughts, Punt, in terms of how long we need to spend on it? You know, w- w- when's your prediction for when, when this might happen? You know, given well, all of your, your contacts within the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah all none of them. Um, the ones that don't reply. The, the ones where yeah, all the yeah, WhatsApp yeah. is I've, all I've got yours. lots of telephone numbers, just none of them respond. <laughs> no, it's... I would say that it seems quite clear from the messages the club have put out that they are going to take the next couple of games. They're going to take the next week. Look, you know, is the FA Cup match against Blackburn important to the club in the wider scheme of things? Absolutely not. So, you know, they we have a window of a couple of weeks where they should be getting their houses in order. Whether, you know, kind of Weber and, and Neil Adams have this fabled shortlist that he talked about before and he's got a list of, you know, kind of four or five managers or head coaches that are ready to go. We're going to see, aren't we? We're going to find out. Um, but I'm quite happy, based on everything that both of you guys have said, if we go random, if we go left field, if we go, you know, kind of into some obscure league, but there's there's someone whose who's coaching data points suggest that, you know, they are absolutely ripping it up because that's where Alex Neal came from. He was managing Hamilton Academicals at Hamilton Academical. And it was only because David McNally had those numbers that they took a look at him and look what happened. Well, I, well the, the thing that just bumped, popped into my head was um, we've now got this South American connection, hmm. um, both from a scouting network, which we've spoken about previously, and this um, Brazilian club kind of link up. Um, so quite possibly there is someone ripping it up in that league that that um, playing great football, if only they had better resources. I mean, to me, that is the profile I want. You know, you know it is um, all of the data points suggest that when someone takes a chance on them and they've got players with the extra speed, the extra, you know, both of thought and ability, um, 
imagine what they could do with resources that that would that's what i want i think that's the easiest narrative to buy into to build huge momentum within the fan base and to get yeah, to, to be real absolutely. positive and um yeah i i, I still as i have done f- throughout this season maintain that this squad is comfortably good enough to finish in the top two of this division and deployed correctly um i still even 12 points off even with another couple of games to come, I still think it's doable. I don't think it will happen because I don't think we'll act quickly enough. Um, I don't currently have confidence we'll get the right person because I'm going off the most recent appointment and how bad that was. Um, but I, I, you know, I do think it's doable for one of two teams to fall apart that are currently there because I've seen it happen before. And I do think it's possible for us to amass enough points, two points a game, to keep them honest. What I think is most likely is, and I've said, I said this all along as well, I think probably if it wasn't for the fans turning and making it so unpleasant to actually go to Carroll Road or go to the away game, Smith probably would have got us in the playoffs, probably, just because the league is so bad. If he didn't have the, the negativity around it, I, I still think that the squad, almost in spite of him, but going back to what I said earlier, maybe they just so fed up with him, they have started underperforming because they, they want him out too. It'd be interesting to see how many social media posts there are saying, thanks, boss, thanks, Gaffer. You know, you've taught me so much. You've brought me so far. Because there wasn't a profile that didn't have a gushing, personal, tailored, customized message with relevant. And I know he hasn't had as long with them, but he's had over a year it, you know, with most of them. It would be interesting to see if they are conspicuous by their absence. And may- AJ's going to be all over that, mate. Yeah, quite. I mean, I'd, I'd need to follow him to see that. But um, <laughs> yeah, OK. Uh, thank you, Edie, for giving us your guarantees. Um, I'm looking forward to them playing out. Punt, I acknowledge you exist. We'll see what happens. Um, goodness knows when we'll next get gather around the microphones because you never know. They might already have someone up their sleeve because they've been working on it since after the Blackburn game and they might be appointed tomorrow lunchtime. Uh, or we'll see you after a couple of games to talk about the fact that we still don't know who it is. Mind how you go.